It's longer time. Yay! Longer time. Poems, stories, and thoughts. By me, Paul Cree. Who else? Greetings, bonjour, what's happening? Welcome to Lager Time. My legions of Lager Lights stand tall. So I didn't get round to putting this out on Friday as hoped. We had visitors in the gaff. What with Christmas and all that. Frozen streets, frozen pipes. Yep, we had those. A World Cup final and a four and a half hour journey across Kent in the train strike just to get to London meant it didn't happen. However, here it is. Here I am. More about the story in a modo. So I had a little bit of good news this week. I finally have a gig to announce. Pretty chuffed with this one. Friday 27th of January, I'll be doing a spoken word set at one of the best nights in London, Poetry and Poppadoms, supporting Michael Rosen, who if you don't know, is a bit of a legend in the UK literature world. Alongside that will be Celia Bax, me and the host himself, Paul Lyles, who runs the gig. Paul's a great guy and a good poet who knows how to put on a decent event. He's supported me a lot over the years, so I'm really grateful to get on his stage again. It's a gig I've done a few times and it's one that I feel I can actually invite my mates and family to, confident they'll enjoy it. Paul knows what he's doing. It's a cabaret-style setup, decent bar and food, and most of the people are just there to enjoy themselves and hear something a bit different. I'll put the ticket links in it and in the podcast description for the non-substackers. Gives me another good reason to do a not-quite-live edition of Lager Time to get match fit. Maybe even that live stream I was going on about a while back. Would be a good one, though. Hope to see you there. This might be the last lager time of the year. I hope not, but fear not if it is. I'll most certainly be back in January. Might be have to give these satellite stories a break for a bit though. Getting the urge to write some poems again. So this story is the first part of a story about going to an under 18s event. Not gonna lie, I've struggled with this one a bit. Hasn't been as fluid as some of the others. Either way, hope you enjoy it. As ever, if you fancy giving us a subscribe on Substack or on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is you listen, I'd be very grateful. And if you've got any mates that might like it, let them know. And if you're feeling really generous in these hard up times, you can give us a little donation on the old Ko-Fi. That's it for the begging. Oh wait, and yeah, stream my EP. Toast in the machine. One last thing before I duck out. I thought as it's Christmas, I'd read my only Christmas poem, which I forget to plug every year as a little Brucey bonus. It's in my first collection, The Suburban, which of course you can purchase from my website. Just something that happened a few years back in Crawley. So that's it. If you don't hear from me, I hope you all have a banging festive period full of food, family, friends, banter, board games, boredom, TV reruns and loads of tea and lager. I can't wait. Peas and taters, quite literally.
Happy Christmas, Paul. One more. Round one, we arrive. Get a pint, Foster's, cooking lager. I want to keep it light, had a rough night last night, can't stay out too long. What's wrong with you, my mate says in jest with an undertone that suggests you've changed, you've left, I stayed, I'm hard, you're soft. So be it, I say. We plot down while he gets the round in. Back home, Christmas Eve, me, my mate and my brother sat round a beer-stained table, windows sprayed snow white in the corners. Old Cockneys and Irish crowd the bar like punters at a car auction. The taller patrons brush their heads against the tacky paper chain decorations, it's warm. Don't recognise many faces, but the place hasn't changed. Small talk begins, niceties are exchanged. Good to see you back here, and it's nice to be back, I say. They say, we skip through mortgages, kids, marriages, cars and careers. What are you doing now? How's London? Property prices, transport and crime appear in the conversation like constituents waiting at an MP surgery. London provides the key and opinions rush the landlord. Round two. Foster's is crap, innit? it? I say, admitting my mistake. They laugh and I make that tactical upgrade to Cronenberg, one that I've regretted in the past. Lug fast and it burns, but it feels good. Booze in the system. The Christmas season has seen me drinking like four nights in a row, hopscotching from work dues and that, all shop talk, awkward exchanges and into this. Back home, Christmas Eve, old mate's familiar place. Smiles crack and we all begin to loosen. T's and THs start falling off. The first C word gets dropped as accents start slipping into them fitted cockney derivatives. Treading past parents and grandparents made to this place from London and beyond. Fuck off and shut up mate, we all say sprayed of affection. Round three, I see an old mate who I stand up to talk to. Five minutes into the chat and I get a tap on the arm, turn round and it's my brother and my mate and they're like it's your round son, eyebrows up and down. I'm up to the bar and back again, quick smart. A beer triangle in my hand, one I'm well practised in carrying. We sit down, we hear a bang and hear a few raised voices. Door flies open and on the pavement outside we see two guys in each other's faces. We look out the window, pints and hand like we're sat at the grandstand at the races. Old Bill appear, they disappear, carted off in a meat wagon to the gauges. A cheer goes up, it unites the pub and we laugh because nothing changes. Round four and the talk is football and old computer games that we played. Streets of Rage and Street Fighter 2. Old holidays with mates and we say, you should do this again, we all say. But one by one we look at the time at ever increasing intervals. Something we never would have done. Until my mate finally breaks and says, I should probably go. And I say, yeah, I need to get back. And my brother's like, yeah, I've got to be up early. And suddenly everything's changed. It goes a bit quiet as the last dregs get drunk and there's that slight pause before the exit. We're all thinking it. The post come on the jukebox. At the bar I watch the landlord pour another pint and I turn around to the other two, shrug my shoulders, cheeky look on my face and say, one more? Satellite Stories Volume 8 Blend Out Stand In Home time at school was always a joyous occasion. 
I bowled out on this day with a rare mix of what I think were positive emotions mixed in with a few typical teenage concerns. There was this small crew of slit looking white boys and white girls, early 20s types, prototype big brother contestants, standing outside the school gates in shiny puffer jackets by a parked up Audi in club branded t-shirts, dishing out flyers for an under 18s event at Crawley's premier late night go-to Icon Diva. It was a ruthless PR operation, target audience marked and in sight, and it worked because I saw that flyer and couldn't believe my eyes. It was happening. At last. I'd heard the myths about these under-18 events, in places that were nearby but not near enough, like Croydon and East Grinstead, where they ran these alleged events that were ram-packed with chicks that apparently would get off of anyone, and they played banging drum and bass and garage. Someone's cousin's mate or whatever had been to one on Hastings Pier, which had MC Det and Kenny Ken, they were just names I knew from the tape packs. I didn't even know what they looked like, let alone had the chance to hear them play. Who was going to play our icon diva? They might get Shy FX or Nicky Black Market or Skibbity. And now it was happening in Crawley, almost home turf. A nightclub with loud banging music. I loved loud banging music, but only got to play it on my tinny headphones or shitty Argos Hi-Fi with inbuilt graphic equalizer, which often didn't work. So it wasn't really loud or banging. And of course, girls. There'd be girls, loads of them. Bear girls, not bear, but bear as in loads. Probably, maybe, and music, hopefully not shit music, chart music, but jungle, garage and more drummer bass and hip hop. Geezers, my mates and girls. And probably dickheads. Which put the brakes on my thinking a bit. Might get started on. Was fairly probable. Who would back it? Would I know enough people? I knew people, but was I safe with them? Like safe enough. Safe enough to say safe cash. And cash to say safe back. Maybe, maybe not. There were good reasons why Icon Diva had been featured a few times on Crime in the Southeast. Fly on the wall camera crew follows coppers as they nick Larry lads, and often females, kicking off at kicking out time. There was always the bit where three or four coppers struggled to pin down and cuff some geezer in a Rip Ralph shirt wriggling about like a trapped wasp. We need you to calm down sir, I'm fucking calm, I'm fucking calm. Often, that was someone's older brother, or mate, or occasionally dad. All the non-conforming alternative types, the skaters, the metalers, the indie kids, the stoners, of which I was a conflicted, inconsistent member of, will consistently slag the place off, and its regulars, with anecdotes that were probably justified, but with tones and remarks that all too often veered into that murky grey area of outright class bashing. I always felt I was somewhere in between those two worlds. I wanted to stand out, because there was more to life than Crawley Town Centre and chart music. But I also wanted to blend in, I didn't want my ass kicked, and I liked, but could never afford, Air Max. And of course, jungle, drama, bass, even though it had been relegated in the cornice stakes due to UK garage being the go-to sound banged out of any souped-up motor doing donuts outside Halfords.
So I'm at Hawley Station, doing my very best to blend in. Pinstripes, jeans, Ben Sherman and jacket. Standard night out geezer in training look. I looked the part, but lacked the pack. Like a lone deer with low self-esteem. Stood a few yards from my gigantic herd of does and hornheads. All smoking sovereign cigarettes, spitting on the floor and wearing better brands of clothes. Hawley, being that smaller town with one massive secondary school, meant that everyone knew each other who went to Oakwood School, which was all of them, with the exception of the few kids like me who went to faith schools and the other odd few posh kids and scholarship kids who went to Rygate Grammar. There must have been about 30 of them, all along platform too, in small groups, but all still communicating with each other. They knew each other, I didn't really know anyone. All it took was for one mouthy prick to look in my direction and the game would be up before it had even started. There were a few faces in amongst them that I recognised from my days playing football for Hawley Town Under Nines and second Hawley Cub Scouts. A few white boys I seen getting Larry in the town centre. Some of the girls were fit. Tiny, tight dresses, big earrings and loads of makeup, and none of them had jackets on. It was cold. I wish I knew them. The 52 train rolled in and I sat as far away from them as possible. We parted off the train at Crawley, me deliberately taking my time, with the aim of making as little noise as possible. I'd got good at that. I'd arranged to meet a few of the boys at the station. All the Hawley lot pile off. I see them up ahead, along with loads of other kids. Good mix of girls and boys. This massive crew that gets off at the opposite end as I'm walking towards the exit. They're in a head-on collision course with me as we roll up the platform towards the exit. They're done up to the nines in Machino and Iceberg and they look bigger and older and ruder. All walking with a bop only reserved for the rudest of rude boys around here. I'm guessing they're from Croydon. They got that street air that just about gets filtered out down here. Even in a satellite town full of attitude like Crawley. If you bowled like these boys, you were either a pretender or you really were about it. There weren't many that could pull it off. They're talking loud, making random noises, shouting and laughing. And one of them is MCing. There's no girls, just guys. They got an energy about them, which is unpredictable, but like, draws you in, like you wanted to be in their company. I slow my step enough, so that I wind up filing in behind them as they go into the station, bowling right past the infamous Indian Robocop, who today must have stood down with the shakedowns. I doubt any of these kids, Hawley, Red Hill or Croydon had tickets. But even the infamous Indian Robocop was powerless to stop them in the sheer numbers they were streaming through. Either that, or he'd passed out under a cloud of links and impulse. I stood on the steps of the station, watching them all make their way to Icon, which is conveniently stationed next to the station, all in big groups. As I'd come over the footbridge, I was pretty sure I heard the likes of Ronnie Wader and Shane O'Connell and I'm pretty sure Brendan was with them. Sometimes he got invited to roll with those boys, same with Gareth. They were dickheads, but I was jealous. Whatever it was, they sounded rowdy, like they were doing shots or something, 
bottles were clanging and doing football chants. I stood on the steps, watching the masses make their ways in in varying states. I saw a few faces like Yusuf, Ryan White and Big Cass, which was never a good sign that those three were together. Felt like everyone was mobbing up and coming out in force. They could very easily have stopped and come up the steps and performed the Crawley Shakedown routine. I certainly had a few pound coins on my person. Maybe they could teach this local custom to them Croydon boys in a cultural exchange in return for some updated London slang. We always got it eventually. That just trickled down for satellite town root boys. I was a bit gutted that Brendan and Gareth were with Shane in that. I was on my own and lacking weight, but trying to look like I didn't lack weight. But I was on my own and I did lack weight. There was always a loose cannon about like Kells, but you know he'd just turn up anyway, though we never invited him for anything. Mo was coming, everyone liked Mo, and Rich was coming too. He could swing if he needed to, but right now I was on my own, until VJ trotted up. He'd walked from Broadfield, which was a good half hour. He was a good kid VJ, but like me he lacked. Wait, he didn't scan well in the hardness poles. But he was trustworthy. Two wannabes are better than one wannabe, but the two combined still don't make the weight of a regular geese with a bit about him. We were still exposed. Eventually Mo showed up. He lived nearby, but I had to come over the bridge and I bumped into Ronnie Wader and those boys and saw Brendan and Gareth. I could smell the booze on his breath. They were all safe with Mo. Luckily for me, he didn't stray. He was loyal like that. He could have mugged me and VJ off for them. Rich then arrived, his mum dropping him off in the car park, giving her a bit of grief as he got out of the car. Shut up mum, don't drop me off here next time. So now there was four of us. That was something. We marched on over to the queue which snaked all the way around the side and back out into the station car park. It was a lot of people. And a lot of bouncers. Big mean looking bastards. We were bopping towards the back of the queue but all subtly looking to see who we knew, let all these pretty chicks and white boys know that we were faces. Mo got a few nods, but the rest of us got nothing. Until... Oi Rich, Rich, Paul, Paul yeah boys, over here, yeah, yeah. Someone said my name. They said Rich's first but still, they said my name. I tried to look like it was nothing. Like this kind of thing happens all the time. I slowly turn around, only to see Pidge in the queue on his own. Pidge. I was a little bit disappointed, but it meant we could sneak into the queue and just hope no one called us out. Pidge had on a Tommy Hilfiger shirt that was way too big for him. To be fair though, he weren't the only one in Hilfiger clothes. Every wide boy in a 20 mile radius was in the line to get in. All the different parts of Crawley were there. Poundhill, Northgate, to Broadfield and Bubish. All the Hawley boys, Horsham, Redhill, East Grinstead and those big crews from Croydon all in the mix. All out for something. The energy of it all reminded me of watching one of those crusty science videos in school where they would put a Bunsen burner under a substance and through the microscope you could see all the particles getting lively. It was buzzing. There'd already been a couple of casualties and we hadn't even got in yet. One kid hauled out by security who could barely even stand spaghetti all down his shirt. Two other lads had a punch up in the queue. It was only just gone 7pm. 
there was going to be a few pissed off parents later and probably a few parents who didn't give a shit what their kids were up to some mess in front of us was clearly sweating and gurning his face off we were Tony Blair's children he'd be proud as we slowly moved towards the door I could start to hear those muffled bass sounds of pumping music inside butterflies fluttered in my belly but wait what if it was so banging my ears couldn't take it I'd never been to a club before I'd heard older people say dance music could brainwash ravers but then my older siblings all listened to it and they're alright in fact my brother said the sound system was shit clubs were way better in Brighton and London he said which was odd because out here it sounded pumping Every time that door opened, we got a blast, getting louder the closer we got to the door. Oi, that sounds sick, boys. Nah, nah, shit. Clubs are way better in Brighton than London. From the time I've got to the platform at Hawley Station to getting in this queue, I'd fallen in love about 400 times, and my head had already concocted a whole series of fantasies involving each one of these girls being my girlfriend. Every time my eyes locked on one, it was hard to know where to look. It was also, in a way, a bit intimidating. Some of these girls weren't wearing much, but were fully confident with it, strutting about like they knew what they were doing, like they had all this power and were in full control, and any young geezer looking to step needed some serious minerals to match it. Couple of these chicks looked like they could swing it out too. One girl with curly hair and fists covered in sovereigns had threatened to knock out some guy in front for pushing in. She meant it, and he knew. We all did. He backed down fast. When we finally got to the door, it was only then I appreciated the sheer size of these bouncers, with their black suits on with white shirts and shoulders like American football pads. Butterflies in my belly panicking to get out, fizzing like that ADHD inducing popping candy in my mouth and I'm pretty sure I had to lean forward at one point to attempt to contain it. We'd all gone quiet. I cleared my throat as I got to the doors, into the cloakroom area where those big main doors were, and every time they opened I was blasted with pumping beats, mashed with the sounds of energetic young voices like twisted bits of jewellery, all forming this messy audio ball of madness which I couldn't quite contextualise but my lord was it exciting and scary. Alright. My voice suddenly went up an octave and simultaneously my arms sprung out from my pockets into a straight position like a spring-loaded bottle opener without the bouncer even saying a word just a split second of eye contact how did he do that? it was like magic and why did my voice go up like that? he didn't respond to my attempt at casual geezer niceties and when he was done slightly shoved me in the back towards the area where the entrance was I slightly tripped and my heart suddenly went up about 100 BPMs thinking I was going to stack it in front of all these kids in the queue. Fortunately, I managed to style it out and smiled awkwardly as I joined the boys at the till, paid my £4 cover fee, opened those almighty towering double doors and just like that, we were in the club.
It's longer time. Yay! Longer time. Poems, stories, and thoughts. By me, Paul Cree. Who else?